We are joined today by Noam Chomsky and Vijay Prashad to talk about their book, The Withdrawal, Iraq, Libya, Afghanistan, and the Fragility of U.S. Power. So the last chapter of the book is about U.S. fragility, um, or the fragility of U.S. power. What is causing U.S. power to decline? What is causing it its fragility? And do you see the godfather figure losing some of its might? Well, my own feeling is the fragility is mostly from within. We've constructed a dysfunctional society. It's tearing itself to shreds. Uh, no country is capitalist. A capitalist society would destroy itself in five minutes. So all the economies around the world are one or another variety of state capitalist. The last 40 years, we have been under a form of state capitalism, which is unusually savage and rapacious. State power is used for the benefit of the super rich and the corporate sector. Uh, Reagan took off with Reagan, Clinton continued it, uh, went wild with Trump, but it's been essentially bipartisan and it's had effects. It's been a very effective class war. Just to give one measure, uh, Rand Corporation did a study last year, I'm sure you've seen it, of the transfer of wealth from the general population to the top 1%. Their estimate is about $50 trillion in the last 40 years. And it's a very effective highway robbery. And it's also been accompanied by deterioration of the social order. Things like schools, infrastructure, post office, uh, whatever you turn to. Let's just destroy everything for the benefit of the super rich and the corporations. Now, there's plenty of state intervention involved. This is not markets. Now, the World Trade Organization, for example, Clinton era, it's called a free trade agreements, highly protectionist. Uh, massive protection for major corporations, uh, what are called intellectual property rights, which never existed in the past. Massive patent protection so that drug companies can charge you 10 times as much as is needed for a drug. And then the pressure of the wealthy on Congress keeps it from being changed. We're seeing that right in front of our eyes right now. Uh, so it's a very effective form of control of the state to intervene massively for the benefit of the rich, the ultra-rich corporate sector. Everyone else suffers. Public society collapses. I think that's a large part of the fragility of the country. It's a way of destroying a country so the rich can survive. When we talk about the American economy, declining. That's highly misleading. A U.S. corporation, if you look at GDP, per, uh, national accounts, GDP for the country, yes, it's declining. Uh, there's one very good political economist, Ken, uh, Sean Stars, who's done something else. He studied the amount of global wealth owned by U.S.-based multinationals. It's spectacular. It's probably about half of global wealth. So uh, 
you know, Apple doesn't make computers that compete with Huawei, but they're still the trillion dollar corporation. They're making plenty of money. They've worked on a program of globalization, which destroys the American working class, but stuffs their pockets with huge profits. Okay, so is that an, un I mean, from one point of view, it's American decline, but depends what you call America. If by America you keep the corp, mean the corporate sector, the guys who run the place, it's not declining. It's doing, it's doing very well for itself while smashing everyone else in the face. That's what's called class war. Yeah, I mean, there's a good reason why the word is fragility and not decline. There are some sectors, uh, because power is not just one, you know, along one vector. Power comes in different ways. Um, military power, there's no decline. The United States has the ability to smash any country. Now, people mistake um, the fact that the U.S. had to withdraw from Iraq and Afghanistan and couldn't perhaps attain uh, its stated war aims as a sign of military weakness. No, it's a sign of political weakness. Um, but they have enormous military power, the capacity to blow anybody up. I mean, they've been killing Abu Musab al-Zarqawi, the leader of Al-Qaeda, every few years. Uh, it's incredible. I mean, they have such great drone strike capacity that after having killed him, they go and strike him in heaven or hell or wherever he is. You know, they recently killed him again. So um, they have incredible military power. The economic power is intact. I mean, it's, it's, in, it's fragile, but it still exists. And their power over economic institutions is there. The fact that the U.S. can continue to sanction Venezuela and, and Cuba, in the, as Noam said at the beginning, in the midst of this fire in Matanzas, um, the criminal blockade of Cuba is maintained because of power over economic institutions, such as International Monetary Fund, the SWIFT system, and so on. But there's a fragility. You know, the way in recent year, in the recent year, the way in which the Mexican president, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, has been talking to the United States is a sign of increasing confidence in a country like Mexico. Um, the fact that in, um, in Colombia, of all countries, never had a left govern government since 1810, that Gustavo Petro can come to power and give, you know, dear old Ted Cruz nightmare after nightmare. Uh, Ted Cruz is petrified by what's happening in South America, as he should be. Um, but you see, this new confidence, we're seeing the Indian government saying, look, we can't agree with you on Ukraine. Or we're seeing the majority of African states saying, look, we can't agree with you on Ukraine. All of this suggests that U.S. power is not exactly what it was. There is a kind of fragility. That's the reason why Blinken is on this Africa tour, you know, trying to strong arm people to come on side as it were. People are refusing, you know, they just don't want to. Well, that's why fragility is important. I, I just think that there's too much conversation about the decline of the U.S. or the maintenance of U.S. power. It's, a, it's too much. Uh, we, people speak with too much certainty. Okay. And I believe that we are in slightly uncharted territory now. We're in an era not of certainty, but of contradictions. And I think when you're in an era of contradictions, it really behooves us to look carefully at different empirical moments 
rather than to have like, you know, the cookie cutter attitude towards world affairs. Uh, got to look at this place and that place and try to understand, you know, what is this, the kind of space for maneuver? Uh, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador has created space for maneuver. So he can say, I'm not coming to the summit of the Americas. You know, he's not a far left radical. You know, he is a Mexican nationalist. Yes, left of center and so on. So I feel like in this era of contradictions, one has to understand the United States quite precisely. Um, and I, that's the reason why I believe when Nancy Pelosi's plane flew into Taipei, that's the reason why I, I feel, and it's not just that the Chinese are reticent to act because as Noam said, the day after she left, they locked down Taiwan. The reason the Chinese didn't act, they could easily have put up two jet planes and dogged her flight as it entered a Taiwanese airspace, or they could have done even something more dramatic, something like the Cuban Missile Crisis, you know, uh, placed a number, you know, five planes flying over Taipei Airport, very scary stuff. They didn't do that. And I think they have a pretty accurate read that the United States is fragile, but it's not in deep decline. Uh, we've got to understand things precisely in order to be able to act. You know, not you, you, you can understand things more precisely than you act, but you've got to have as near precision. Um, and I think the term fragile is far more accurate than the word decline. 